happy Wednesday, happy 10th Wednesday that I've been doing the podcast or whatever day that you're listening to this. I'm Shayna and this is Happily Mental, episode number 10. I have a very exciting episode today. I have a lot of stories, well not a lot, but I have multiple stories from different people sharing their experiences with mental health and addictions. So first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing with me your experiences and, and allowing me to share it with other people. I think it's a huge step towards breaking stigma against mental health and addictions. I'm hoping with the more stories we share, the more people we can reach and make us all feel a little less alone. But before I get into the stories, I wanted to share a bit of my insight for the week. I'm someone who used to struggle a lot with needing approval from others. I wanted validation and I needed everyone to like me. That, you know, was in my circle. That being like friends, coworkers, family, everyone. I wanted everyone to be happy with me. If someone was mad or, you know, had negative feelings toward me, it would really bother me. Because I always thought that it was something that I did and I needed to change myself in order for them to like me. Uh, or be happy with me. As you grow as a person and better yourself, you're going to see a lot of people having combative feelings towards you and combative words against you because they're seeing you doing well and that frustrates them. They take that as you going against them or you trying to take away, I don't know, the spotlight from them. A lot in the workplace, say you're, you know, newer than another person and you start to do better than that one person that is, has been doing the job a long, longer than you, that's not going to fly with them. They're not going to like that. And that has nothing to do with you. Just because you are excelling and working hard, you know, at your job, at life, anything, their feelings towards you in that way has nothing to do with you. And I think that... Once you realize that and keep going, just let it roll off your back and keep going because we don't need to change ourselves. We are on the right path, but it can lead us to worry and doubt and confusion and frustration as to why, you know, you're getting these negative energies coming your way when, you know, you think you're doing well and excelling and you are, you are doing well and excelling. So you can't sit there saying, why me? What am I doing wrong? I thought I was doing a good job. Like, what's going on? It's genuinely just people that aren't excelling at your rate, at your level, because everyone's on a different journey. Everyone is doing different things. We need to stay in our own lane. And unfortunately, some people haven't, you know, learned that yet. So when they try to come over to your lane and mess you up by sending over whatever negative energy they can that's them trying to pull you down so that they can succeed because they're threatened by you because they see you doing better now i hope i'm explaining this the way i want to in my head i'm i still haven't really gotten the hang of explaining exactly what i mean but hopefully from what i'm saying um it's coming across as don't worry whatever anyone says about you do your best. And if you're doing great, be proud of yourself because you, at the end of the day, you are the only one you need to please. 
spread my love and light like I try to every single day, then I can go to bed happy because I'm the only one that I want to please. You know, I'll try. It's nice to make my family happy and proud of me, but I need to be proud of my decisions. And that is where my boundaries come from and my goals and your spirituality and all of those things that make up you, who you are. So as long as you're following that and just doing what's best for your yourself, I could have a shit, shit day. You know, bad luck. <laughs> Everything goes wrong. But at the end of the day, if I am proud of myself and that I've done the best I could that day, then there's no need to worry. And I know it's so it's such an old saying, you know, back in elementary and high school, your mom would say, oh, they're just jealous of you. They're they're, you know, bullying you because they're just jealous of you. Well, we grow older and it doesn't really change. People are still gonna, you know, try and throw shade at you or whatever because they're jealous. They're threatened and that has nothing to do with you. So keep going. Don't let those feelings get in the way. And I've been thinking about that this whole week because it's a uh, lockdown. We're halfway through the lockdown unless it extends, which I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. But I've had a lot of time to think and, you know, I started to get in my own way because I started to think I, I need to be excelling. I need to be doing more. I'm not doing enough. But right now, me staying home and, you know, not visiting with friends, not going over to other people's houses, only going out when 100% necessary, that is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And it's enough. And seriously, who am I? to discredit what I've done thus far. Why do I do that to myself? I do it to myself all the time. I'll finish something or I'll just be sitting around one day and then this thought will pop in my head out of nowhere. You haven't been doing enough. You need to do more. But that is genuinely discrediting all the work that I've done up to until this point. I need to start being proud. And this goes for you too. You need to start being proud of what you've done up until this point. So if you have those thoughts like I do that come in saying you haven't done enough, you need to start doing more, look at, oh yeah, we, you think you're doing great in this part of your life? What about this, this, and this? We need to shut that down. We need to stop discrediting ourselves because we've done a lot of work up until this point. Think about it. Think of all the things that you've done up until this point, just in the last year. We can't let the things we haven't done discredit the things that we've already done and accomplished because it's a lot and we're right in the middle of a goddamn pandemic right now so anything that we've accomplished this year is like times 10 impressive than in normal times because we're pulling it off we're still doing it we're alive we're thriving or at least trying to we're waking up every day and that's an accomplishment on its own. Waking up and getting out of bed, that's a big accomplishment. And even if you stay in bed all day, you still woke up and it's still a big accomplishment. So give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself some credit because you're amazing. All right. Well, now that I've said my piece, it is time for what episode 10 is all about, which is your stories. First, I want to start off with um Courtney she is my cousin and she also has a page of her own it's called walking with bpd or you can search her at bpd walking 
Her page is goes further into her story and how she copes with her mental health. But she sent me a lovely little piece that I'm able to share with you. So Courtney says, My biggest things I have learned with my mental health is to enjoy the little things. I use nature as an escape. I go there to feel connected and happy. If I have a bad day, I sit and listen to the sounds that nature offers. This is mindfulness. I use this technique to ground myself or to get centered. I feel the more I enjoy nature, the better my day goes. Recently, I realized how much my anxiety has held me back. I enjoy trying new things, but my anxiety is always in the way. Right before I try new things, my body tells me, hey, you shouldn't do it because I feel in that moment 100 reasons to quit and turn around, but I've tried not to listen to it anymore. I enjoy doing new things, but this fear and anxiety is making me second guess what I like doing. So I just try to do new things and eventually the fear goes away. I went to hot yoga and it was intense and I had so many anxious thoughts, but once I got there, they went away. So my food for thought is do that thing that is scary. You might enjoy it. Courtney, I am so, so proud of you. This is amazing. For years and years, you've been letting it control you and then eventually just clicked. You had enough. You said, this is it. I need to do something. I need to do something about this because you are in control. I think a lot of the time we, without knowing, will use our mental health or mental illness as an excuse. Like, for example, when I was going through my psychosis in recovery, I would say, no, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I'm too nervous doing this. I don't feel safe doing this because of my psychosis. But luckily, I had a support system to say, no, you can do it. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to say that for yourself. Be able to tell that voice to go away. Don't listen to it and do the things you want to do. Because like I said in the last episode, a life is long, but life is also very short. All we have is the present moment. So do whatever makes you happy. And if you think something's going to make you happy, give it a try. So thank you, Courtney, for sharing. Thank you so much for letting me share this with other people. I know 100% someone is going to relate to this. I know I do. You have very good points. So please, anyone, if you're struggling with BPD especially, check out Courtney on Facebook. Um, let me pull up her page here. I'll le- Actually, I'll leave it in my description of the podcast. I'll leave a link right in there so you can see it. Okay, so up next, we have one of my good friends, Kaylee. Kaylee and I met, uh, I don't even know how many years ago now, quite a few, few years ago. She used to work with my mom. And now we try and at least go for lunch together at least twice a year and catch up. And Kaylee's very special to me, and she also uh, gave me a piece to share with you. So thank you in advance, Kaylee. So this is called Waking Up Alive. Hello, my name is Kaylee. I'm going to talk to you a bit about my struggles with mental illness and addiction. My diagnosis has moved around quite a bit over the years. My mental health journey has had many unpredicted, devastating events, but I would not be who I am today if I hadn't survived and taken the time to untangle my brain. I'm still untangling, but 
it's getting less messy. I was originally diagnosed with attention deficit disorder in elementary school, but my GP claimed, general practitioner claimed I had grown out of it since having caught up in class. Middle school brought depressive disorder. With a lot of sleeping, I rarely ate breakfast, and I would constantly beg my parents to let me stay home from school. I felt my life was being sucked out of me, and I wanted it to. I was bullied a bit in school. It was mostly from people who were my friends but treated me like a doormat. I would let them because my self-worth and sense of identity was not present. My lack of self-worth and identity are still struggles of mine today. Fast forward to 23, after I had graduated graphic design from college. I was in an unhealthy relationship, number three, but you couldn't tell me that. I didn't see it for fear of being alone. Abandonment issues over here. Things got very dark for me that year. I felt so lost and so alone. Like there was no way I could relate to anyone ever again. Like I was drowning already being alive, so what was the point of it? Every time I tried to make things better, they would get worse. I had no idea why or why what was happening to me. I attempted suicide in my bedroom one evening. I took every pill that I had in my house. I was in and out of it from my apartment to the hospital. I remember throwing up in the in my driveway and then all of a sudden the nurses were whispering to my parents, how long has she been a drug addict? She didn't mean to do it, it was for attention. I will never forget those words. They hurt. The stigma around assumption that someone only takes drugs to get high is part of the reason so many people do not receive the care and understanding they need to start the process of getting back af- getting back up after waking up alive. Addiction is so misunderstood and judged so harshly. There is always a reason and an unmet need. My stay in the hospital was only 24 hours. When I got home, my PIC line was still in. I was put in contact with a program through KGH called Managing Powerful Emotions. I went through outpatient services. It was three times a week for 12 weeks while on EI. My GP re-diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder. I was unsure of how that piece of information could help me. I was so lost inside my head. I finished MPE with much struggle. I felt so out of my mind. I couldn't regulate my emotions. I thought everyone was out to get me. I even had some hallucinations that my parents adopted me and had been lying to me my whole life. I left the program feeling confused. I was a shell of a person and felt like I shouldn't have woken up. I felt like people only misunderstood me more. I was in and out of the hospital a few times. It was an exhausting hell. I did end up leaning into illicit drugs as an escape from my mind for many months afterwards. I reapplied for EI July 2018 and was off for seven months. I took my MPE program again and was put in contact with the psychiatrist affiliated with MPE. She watched my work through the program, assessed my behavior, and genuinely listened to what I had to say. I finally got the connection I had wanted. She diagnosed me with bipolar disorder with mixed episodes. 
My mood spikes between manic and depressive states at random intervals, sometimes together in one episode. I've been through at least 15 different prescription drugs to find the ones that work for me. I am currently taking lithium and carbamazepine twice daily. I am in a stable relationship with my boyfriend of four years with our four fur babies. I am in a rewarding career as a personal support worker. I'm hoping to go for my RPN in the near future. I'm so proud of where I am. I don't fully understand why things happen. I am always asking why. But I am happy that I woke up alive. A friend that helped me through inspired me by always saying a step is a step and a place to start. I've watched Kaylee grow to the person she is today. Kaylee is doing the damn thing. She is doing it and she is rocking her life. I'm so proud of her and so happy. What I'm taking out of this is do not lose hope. How many times did Kaylee go through programs, counselors, different diagnosis, different prescriptions. Who knows what's going to happen after this lifetime? So make the most out of it right now. Keep going. Do not give up. I cannot stress that enough. Just because it doesn't, something doesn't work out for you one time, and this is in a general sense. It doesn't have to be just be with treatment or recovery, but specifically treatment and recovery, but with anything. Just because you fail the first time, so many times until she found the right one, you cannot give up. You have to keep trying. Mental health is not an easy diagnosis. It's not an easy fix. It's not like you break a bone and you know, you're on bed rest for however long you're in a cast and then you're fixed. There's no easy answer. It's a lot of trial and error and you have to keep fighting and keep trying because you are worth it. You are worth more than what you have right now. And I think that's what we can learn from Kaylee's situation is you keep going. That is absolutely no reason to give up. It's just more reason to keep going and try again. So thank you, Kaylee, for your story. Thank you so much. Okay. Up next, I have a little piece from Des. Desiree and I have known each other for a very, very long time. Desiree actually knew me uh, through my psychosis, before my psychosis. Hear from Desiree now. Desiree says to never, ever be ashamed of any type of therapy or medication you need to take to support your mental health. No one is ashamed or judges when they need a cast or painkillers for a broken ankle. Those who struggle with mental illness shouldn't be ashamed or be judged for what they need to support their own injury. Injury in air quotes, meaning it can be mental as well. And illness is a lot like a storm. The clouds roll in, sometimes expected, sometimes unexpected. And either way, you have to endure the storm. You can do things to shelter yourself from the storm, aka healthy, safe coping mechanisms, the way we would go under a roof to keep ourselves dry. Then once the rain stops, we step out from under that roof. Equivalent to once we get our breathing under control and are able to bring ourselves back to a comfortable level, the clouds clear and the rain stops. Just a reminder that even if you relapse or have an episode, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or incapable of anything. By reaching your goals, it's just a speed bump. You'll be okay. It just feels rough and scary for a moment. Oh, thank you, Desiree. That's such a good piece. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. I have a tattoo on my arm that was for Kenzie, my ex that passed away. 
and it says uh, tornadoes will pass. He would, he would always say, just like the storm, there's a tornado going around my head. I just want it to stop because he just had so much going on up there that no one could see. And just like a storm, a tornado could rip through your town, rip through your house, just demolish everything. But if you hang tight and don't let it rip you away, you can always rebuild. The tornado will pass and you can rebuild. And as much as it hurts when you relapse or when you have another episode, if your depression comes back, if your anxiety comes back, when you think you have it under control, as much as that is frustrating and it hurts you, it is not the end. So to sit and ask why me and be so upset about it, it's not doing yourself any favors because you are the one that's going to have your back. So once the storm clouds move, once a tornado gets, you know, leaves, it's time to rebuild. Just because you're starting from square one, there's no shame in that. It should be celebrated that you keep that you keep going, keep persevering, do it for yourself. The amount of times where I wanted to give up and I just couldn't take it anymore, and I said, okay, this has happened. What can I do? I need to change this for myself. You have to have your own back in those situations. So thank you again, Desiree, for sharing. That was a very motivational and inspirational piece that you sent me. So thank you so much. So next we have just a little piece from my friend James. James watches or listens, I guess. Why do I always say watches? It's not a show. James listens to the podcast every week. So James responded to my Instagram post a couple weeks ago. I asked if you had any coping skills you wanted to share that help you with your mental health. And James says he goes for long drives because they're therapeutic AF. (laughs) And I 100% agree. Whenever I'm having a bad day, my mood is kind of off, especially right now because there's really nothing else to do. I'll just get in my car, play some music, and I will go to the nearest fast food place and I'll shove my face with food. (laughs) And it helps. It does. And I don't care. I used to, you know, say, oh, I need to stop eating so much fast food. It's bad for me. But you know what? We got to do the things that make us happy right now. So once a week, I drive into town, grab myself some KFC. That's what I need to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep doing it. And I asked two of my old professors for advice. These two lovely, inspirational women in my life have allowed me to speak to their classes, their college classes. So this is... um, from Mr. Rose, Lydia DeRose. She says, mental illness does not define me, but it is a part of me. Mental illness is a road and not a straight one. It impacts everyone. And both are individual. One size does not fit all. I absolutely agree. What works for, you know, what I said in my first two episodes when I shared my story, what works for me may not work for you. What made me ill may not make you ill. Back in college, when I was partying a lot, when people were smoking weed and doing those bongs, whatever. I sound so old saying it that way. But when people were like smoking bongs and whatever, and I would say, no, thank you. I didn't feel ashamed because if they asked me why not, I'd say, well, it makes me sick. Well, what? What are you talking about? What makes me ill may not make you ill. Not much else to say about that. It's pretty straightforward. My first psychiatrist ever said it's like a peanut allergy. And last but not least, the other very inspirational woman in my life, Marianne Lyons. 
I've known Marianne for years and years and years, like since I was a child. Marianne and her daughter both volunteer and dance at the same dance studio as me. Marianne also taught with my aunt back in the day. And I took Marianne's uh, class in college. And also, she was the first one to ask me to speak to her class. So without Marianne, I probably would have never started doing my speeches about mental health and addictions. So Marianne says, the late indigenous author Richard Wagamese, I'm so sorry if I butchered that, whose book Indian Horse was made into a movie, was a great storyteller, and he believed that everyone has stories and that these stories should be told. His exact quote is, when you share your stories, you can change things. I believe that this is what you have done, Shana. Oh, thank you. <laughs> By telling your story, others can be inspired to tell theirs. They know that they are not alone. For every story that is told, if even one person is helped by it, then the story is worth telling. Stories give hope, and one ever one never knows when one story will save someone from despair. You must keep telling. Share a story. Listen to a story. Podcasts are great. <laughs> um, I have made it to episode 10 of Happily Mental. I was procrastinating to start this whole podcast um a little bit because you know i was worried because not a lot of people in my personal life knew about my psychosis like no one i only told people i was close with but i didn't you know broadcast it on social media i don't put a lot on there so i knew as soon as i advertised this podcast whoever wanted to click and listen was going to no scary and I wanted it to be perfect, and I didn't want to make a fool of myself, and I wanted to be accurate in my information. But to be honest, my first episode, I uh, accidentally uploaded it. <laughs> it wasn't even done. <laughs> it turned out fine, luckily, but I thought I was saving it, but I was so tired because I stayed up to like three in the morning editing because I was stressing out about it, and I hit upload instead of save for later. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And now it has spread love and positivity. And I want to make people feel less alone and want to help people love themselves like I'm learning to do as well because life is hard. But I'm hoping with these weekly podcasts, it can make you feel a little bit better and keep you motivated to keep going. Because a lot of these things I'm saying are pretty straightforward, you know, like, like I said, we've been hearing for years and years. If someone is picking on you, they're just jealous. However, sometimes you need to be reminded, so, and hopefully I can help at least one of you, and that's all I want to do. So, let's celebrate episode 10. We did it. We're going to keep on going. Episode 11 next week. I'm really hoping I can have some guests on soon, but we're still in lockdown. I want to follow procedure, so we'll see what I can do. Praying I can get some people in, though. So, as always, I love you, and I will talk to you next week.